in the word of God. Psalm 22. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? Amen. I love weeks like this when the Lord lets me just preach about him. I believe these are my favorite subject. Hallelujah. I mentioned Sunday morning, it says a psalm of David. You'll notice that in the superscript. There are several writers the Holy Spirit uses to give us the book of Psalms. David, the majority. Asaph, sons of Korah. Moses, Solomon, some of them are anonymous. We just don't know who the Holy Spirit. But this one is a Psalm of David. I seriously doubt the Lord would have led Asaph to write this Psalm. Asaph, among the psalmist, he's the deep thinker. He has to analyze everything. Extremely intelligent, no doubt, and rational. It's Asaph one day that got all trouble because good people were suffering and bad people were getting off scot-free. That's a big philosophical question. Why do good men have bad times and bad men seem to have such good... That so frustrated Asaph, he nearly lost his faith. Here's the way he put it. My feet had well nigh slipped. And he's got a reason through that. He's got to come up with a solution. He wrote Psalm 73. This guy... Asaph is the deep thinker. Since I brought it up, let me tell you how he solved that big problem. Why do bad people suffer and wicked people seem like everything? He said this, I need an amen. I went to the house of God. You get a lot of problems solved down at God's house. And I could go, we'll not go on Asaph. God used David I think it had to be David to write this psalm. I'm trying to explain why. The name David, as you know, I'm sure means beloved. Beloved of God. But the word beloved, here it is in Hebrew, David. David, David. But it comes from a little root verb, dod, spelled D-O-D. And get this, dod means to boil. To boil. Pray tell. How can the Holy Ghost take a verb that means to boil and ends up having it mean to love? Beloved. David, beloved. Root word to boil. Could I make an observation? If David means love, if David means beloved, I got a feeling, excuse my bad grammar, it ain't a cold love, is it? It's not a lukewarm love, neither. To boil. 
Here's what I'm trying to say, taking too long to say it. God needed a man to write this psalm who's got a boiling, fervent, hot love for the Messiah, for the Son of God. And I really believe this. I believe, and I'm not a judge, and I'm not trying to be, the more you love Jesus, we got some Jesus lovers in this building, the more you love Jesus, the more you'll take to Psalm 22. The more you'll enjoy Psalm 22. The more it'll thrill you. The more you'll not be able to get it off your mind and your heart. Let's love him tonight. Let's love him tonight. Then before I read our verses, only five verses, 22 through 26, they're interesting verses, but only five. I'm going to show you a verse that Peter wrote 2,000 years ago. Sitting back there training my mind. Just said, now, how, how will I remember that reference? 1 Peter 1.11. That's one, all you got to do is remember Peter. It's 1 Peter 1, 1, 1. You got to do is remember Peter. 1 Peter 1.11. Let me show you something the Holy Spirit had Peter write. 1 Peter 1, 11, and I'm turning in my Bible just as, just as you are. He's talking about the prophets of yesteryear. And it says in the middle of verse 11, the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand, before it happened, watch this, the sufferings of Christ, comma, and the glory that should follow. Y'all get that? The sufferings of Christ, comma, and the glory that should follow. For three services, we've been studying the sufferings of Christ. The sufferings of Christ. This is common night. Hereafter, the glory that should follow. We have labored through the 21 first verses. Let's shout and rejoice through the last 10 verses. The glory that should follow. And again, we begin at verse 22. That's neat, isn't it? Psalm 22, 22. You'll stand, I'll read, our, I'll read our text. The I here, it's not the psalmist, it's not an editorial pronoun, it's Jesus. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. I believe he's talking to the Father, so let's get that set. Now, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Then look at verse 23. He's no longer talking to the Father. Ye that fear the Lord. Anybody here tonight that fears the Lord? Amen. Loves Him, reverences Him, adores Him. Ye that fear the Lord 
praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him. Fear him. Oh, ye seed of Israel. Verse 24. For he, he's talking about his father again. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. Listen to the resolve in verse 25. My praise, talking to his father, my praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. Verse 26, the meek, the meek shall eat. (laughs) Going to be a meal. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Preacher, I'll declare. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. And the first prayer you had prayed here tonight. That young man said, Lord, tonight help us seek thee. Is that the Holy Ghost or what? Help us seek thee. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. And then this seemingly unattached, but it, it fits. Your heart shall live forever. Your heart shall live forever. Y'all may be seated. Thank you for standing as I read the word. I want to say this in the right way. I don't mean it in a frivolous manner, and I certainly don't mean it in a foolish manner. I plan to have fun at church tonight. I don't have any illustrations. In my mind, it's not even outlined. It's not even alliterated. Shame on me, I guess. But I got five verses of Scripture. And we're going to just ask God to illuminate our minds and our hearts out of the. Let's just let the Holy Ghost lead us through this trail tonight. See where He goes. Oh, my, verse 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Oh, boy. Got to keep in mind, Jesus is still on the cross. Nothing has changed except he hadn't said it is finished yet, but the sin debt's lifted. Thou hast heard me. And now he's looking forward, looking down through the halls of time. And he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do as soon as I get home. Oh, Jesus on this earth, I need an amen. He wasn't home yet. I think he's getting homesick by now, but he wasn't home yet. When he gets home, he said, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Let me talk about that verb declare. It's S-A-P-H-A-R, safer. And literally, most fundamentally, it means this, to count. 
It is a preaching verb, but it means initially to count. That makes me wonder. Somebody nod if you agree. Reckon God's got more than one name. I think He's got a bunch of names. I think they write books on the names of God. Jesus said, when I get home, I'm going to count them. I'm going to preach about them. I'm going to declare your name. I'll tell you this much, Jesus is not self-centered, is He? Father, you got it done. You sent me. You let me die. I've shed my blood. Sinners can get saved. And Father, I've just come to glorify you. I've just come to magnify you. All the way through eternity, the Holy Ghost magnifies Jesus. He points to Jesus. And now I learn Jesus brags on the Father. And he magnifies the Father. Mama, isn't the Trinity a beautiful, beautiful Godhead? I will, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. I'm just about to decide Jesus as a preacher. I got to qualify that. I believe he's the best preacher. I believe he's the call Spurgeon, the prince of preaching. He wasn't done it. I believe Jesus is the preacher of preachers. He's going to do some preaching. Hey, we've seen him dying. Now we've seen him raised. But hallelujah, we're going to see him preaching one of these days. Declare thy name among my brethren. Preacher, I know what his subject's going to be. Hey, he's not going to talk about the finer points of soteriology. He's not going to, at this point, talk about pneumatology or ecclesia. I'll declare thy name, thy name. He's going to lift up, magnify his Father in heaven. Hallelujah. I don't believe you'll ever go wrong bragging on God. I'll declare thy name, but you've got to have a congregation. Unto my brethren. Paul in Hebrews 2 picks this up. Let me tell you the thing about this or that blew Paul away. He is not ashamed to call us his brethren. He is not ashamed. I declare uh, thy name to my brethren. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. Uh, somewhere the other night, and I'm, I'll have to rethink it by the reaction I got. I, I, said, I was talking to somebody, I said, you ought to meet my older brother. And I was talking about Jesus. And they got upset. They said, he's not your older brother. He said, hey, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. He's my older brother. Can I make an announcement? I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And I, I'm in the same family. I'll declare thy name unto my brethren, y'all reckon when Jesus gets home, there are already going to be some saints over there. Already going to be some saints looking for, and, and it's happened already now. I mean, this is prophecy, but it's happened. There's a crowd up there. My soul. Anybody here believe if you abort a baby, you've sent a soul to heaven? I believe that. Maybe I can prove it from Psalm 139. That's 63 million souls in heaven. America sent there to abortion. There's going to be a big crowd up here, ladies and gentlemen. My Lord's going to step to the pulpit if they've got one. 
And he's going to say, I'd like to say a word. Believe I'll just preach a little while. And I'm going to brag on my father. I'll declare thy name unto my brethren. That's a view of Jesus we don't often see. But that, there it is. In the sum, look, look at the rest of verse 22. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. I don't know how we're going to handle this. Jesus not going to do some preaching. Sort of looks like he's going to do some shouting. I, I mean, I, I, I like praising God. And I, I like shouting real good. I, I like to see these young men get excited. Thrills me no end. But what's it going to be like up there one of these days when we see the Lord Jesus Christ, when we see him cut loose, praising his Father. Hallelujah. He didn't go to heaven and sit down and retire. Can I get an amen? He's very active. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. He deserves to be there. But thank God, he's going to do some preaching and praising. <laughs> In the midst of the congregation, will I praise thee. Preacher, I've sort of got hung up today. In the midst of the congregation. Now I know the saints are going to be there. But in the midst of the congregation. And I guess it's because just been through Revelation 4 and 5. But let me tell you what's going on in heaven. There are four living creatures around the throne of Almighty God. One of them looks like a lion. One of them looks like a man. One of them looks like a calf. One of them looks like a, a flying they're, they're angelic creatures. And you know what they're doing? Right now they're worshiping. They're praising. They're magnifying Almighty God. And then John said there are 24 thrones. All right? Not just these four living creatures. 24 thrones of I wouldn't be surprised that's the 12 sons of Jacob and the 12 disciples. I wouldn't be surprised it's representative of the Old Testament believers. And the new. But guess what they're doing? They're praising. They're worshiping. They're glorifying God. And, uh, and uh, he is, oh my. And uh, Jesus said, I'm going to get right in the middle of that congregation. I'm going to get right in the middle of them four angels praising him. I'm going to get right in the middle of, uh, uh, of them uh, patriarchs. And I'm going to cut loose and I'm going to glorify and I'm going to praise my Father. We saw the sufferings. I believe we're easing into the glory of our dear Lord. Y'all okay? Let's look at another verse. If we could, verse 23. Ye that fear the Lord, praise Him. Well, let's stop. I can see it now. Angels glorifying God. 24 elders glorifying God. Jesus declaring God's name and praising God. And then Jesus looks around at us. Ye that fear the Lord. That's why I asked you a minute ago, do you fear the Lord? If you're saved, you fear the Lord. 
I doubt you'd ever get saved if you didn't get a little dose of the fear of the Lord. Might be Holy Ghost conviction, preacher. He's just going to look around at us. Angels are praising. Disciples are praising. Everybody's praising. Jesus is praising. And here we get there. We ain't used to praising. We're, we're. Vance Havner said, said, we'll go to a ball game on Saturday night and shout like wild Indians. Go to church on Sunday morning in our pew and sit like wooden Indians. God help us, but so many times that's true. Too often that's true. Jesus is going to look around and say, y'all, y'all, praise him. Praise him. Can I, and this might not be the right way to characterize it, and I sure do want to be reverent. I think Jesus right here turns cheerleader. The angels are praising him. The disciples are praising him. Sons of Jacob are praising him. I'm praising him. What's wrong, what's wrong with the church in America? Why ain't you praising him? What's wrong with us? And the, oh, God's been so good to us. Why don't you cut loose and praise him too? I, I, I don't want to read anything into it, but it looks like that's what it's saying. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. By the way, that is an imperative moot verb. Brother Bible, I've had a hard day. Just been one thing after another. And I ain't no mood to praise him tonight. Maybe Sunday, but not tonight. Did I make an announcement? Bible talk. Praising God's got nothing to do with the mood we're in. Got nothing to do with what kind of day I've had. It is a command. It is a command. Praise is not a response of the emotion. It's an act of the will. He said praise, and I'm going to praise him. If you'll cut loose and obey and praise him, your day might get better in a hurry, by the way. He that fear the Lord, praise him. Watch what he does now in this 23rd verse. All ye, the seed of Jacob. Psalms are a Jewish book. God's chosen nation are, are involved. But then again, we all do fear the Lord. Praise Him, all ye, the seed of Jacob. Glorify Him and fear Him, all ye, the seed of Israel. Did I say the word all? <laughs> I think I saw it two times. Well, no, Brother Bagwell, you'll have to excuse me. I'm an introvert. I don't express my emotions. No, that wouldn't be me at all. I got to be true to myself. All. 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 That sort of sounds like no exceptions to me. All. All. Ye praise Him. There are two words he uses there that interest me. Jacob and Israel. And, and notice he comes with Jacob first and then Israel second. Does anybody believe this? God's not set out just to save us. Getting saved is not the end of this thing. Getting saved is the beginning of this thing. Jacob. When God got him, it was all Jacob's. 
And without elaborating, it take too much time. Jacob means crook, thief, liar, supplanter. God took him. It wasn't nothing but a bunch of thieves and crooks. But one day God changed Jacob's name. Somebody refresh my memory. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Now let me define Israel. Israel. The El is God's name, El, Elohim. Israel, it's the same word as Sarah. It means God is my prince. I am now prince. I am now ruled by God. There's a big difference between being a lion, sneaking, low-down thief, and then being somebody God's taking over. God's controlling. God's... Do you see the spiritual growth in that verse? Hallelujah. Oh, God, take us old Jacobs. Make Israelites out of us. Let us come to the place we're willing to let you be our prince, our guide, our governor, and our Lord. Let's just look. You say, preacher, you keep going back up. These verses are like, what am I going to do? Did anybody here used to like to chew bubble gum? I saw two chewers in the house. Oh, my God. Oh, I'd get that double bubble or that bazooka bubble gum. I'd open that up and put it in my mouth and mm -mm -mm. that sugar, I'd get a sugar high. That thing would burst and I'd just just enjoy it so much and I I can't do anything gently. I'm I'm, I'm chewing away about 90 miles an hour and uh, and, uh, and, uh, I shouldn't tell this. I'm glad Deb's not here tonight. I'd take out my bubble gum. I'd put, no, I didn't even wrap it. I'd stick it over there somewhere. It's good for another day, you know. <laughs> if you've got to be frugal, you can get you two or three days out of that if you want to. Yeah, but it wouldn't have no flavor the second day. You'd be surprised. I don't know how they do it, but it's still got flavor. Corny illustration. But that's what we're doing tonight. Chew in that verse. There's that burst of sweetness. Then we'll come back up here and we'll chew it some more. And chew it some more. I believe there I believe there's some flavor in it we hadn't got yet. Amen. Oh, you see it of Jacob praise him. Oh, look at that. Glorify him. Glory. See, he's changed verbs from praise to glorify. They're synonyms, but it is, they are different verbs. Now, let me talk about glorify. Here's the word. Spelled K-A-B-O-D, kabod. Now, this is neat. Kabod, just the bare verb in Hebrew, means heavy. To be heavy. And the Holy Ghost takes a word that means to be heavy and it ends up being glorifying Almighty God. Preacher, that don't make a lick of sense. By Hebrew definition, you are glorifying God. I don't know if this is going to work when you tell Him how heavy He is in your life. That's not working. 
When you tell him how much weight he carries in your life. When you tell him how precious he is to you. When you tell him he means more to you than anything else in the world. I don't know nothing about boxing, lightweight, featherweight, heavyweight. But I'm going to tell you something. The the psalmist just said, God, you are a heavyweight. (laughs) You weigh more than anything than anybody else in my life. That's glorifying him. You want to glorify God tonight? You can do it in song. You can do it in prayer. You can do it in testimony. But what you're doing, tell Him how heavy, how much He means, how weighty He is in your heart and in your life. Verse 24. Let's go to verse 24. Preacher, I couldn't figure out any other way, so I brought my clock. I won't be asking nobody what time it is tonight. Don't let me forget it. I won't wake up in the morning, okay? (laughs) Amen. Verse 24. Now this is Jesus talking about his Father. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. And when he cried unto him, he heard. Amen. I appreciate the amens. And I'll amen it too. But at first my reaction is, uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jesus said, you didn't despise or abhor me. And yet, Isaiah 53 says Jesus was smitten of God. Isaiah 53 says it pleased God to crush him, to bruise him. How many of you believe God the Father laid our sin upon God? God laid that weight on his son. Let me read that. But he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. That's Jesus on the cross, the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. Y'all look at this. He said, the father, he didn't hide his face from me. Verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Preacher, is this an error in my Bible? Let me deal with that one real quickly. There are no errors in our Bible. Contradiction, no. Here's Jesus on the victory side of Calvary. And he looks back. He can't remember the Father forsaken. You didn't hide your face from me. He can't remember Father coming down hard on him. You didn't, you didn't despise your son. <laughs> and, and, uh, and when I cried, how many times did Jesus pray? And it says, and God did not hear. God, and now Jesus said, when I cried, you heard me. I know you heard me. That's, that's holy optimism right there. Glory to God. I said it the other night, and I, I, I don't know if I even worded it right in a good way, in a holy way, in a worshipful way to pray. Jesus just got a case of spiritual amnesia. He just, he can't remember a bit. I don't know this, but they tell me, lady in labor pain, 
And it can be severe. I, I would not minimize it. Uh, there were days they didn't have anesthesia or spinal tap. And, uh, and uh, oh my, the agony. And then the little baby comes. Little boy. Little girl. Please say amen. Every baby's cute. Amen. I better do that one again. Larry Winkley said, I've never seen an ugly baby, but I've come dangerously close a time or two. <laughs> I'm saying mom will go through the agony, but once the baby's born and they bring that little tot and she's a loving up, mama forgets the pain. Mama forgets. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Like we sing and we ought to. What sins are you talking about? God has chosen not to remember them. Jesus has chosen not to remember that his father forsook him. Not to remember the hours of unanswered prayer. I called and you heard and you answered. I think we got a pretty good Savior. What do y'all think? My, my, my. Let's look at another verse. And uh, it will be verse number, let me get up here to get my number. It will be verse number 25, am I right? Oh boy, this one's, it's neat. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. Now if I'm not mistaken, that's the second time he's mentioned the congregation. Here he calls it the great Congregation. Preacher, I, I don't know how to handle this, and it's a new thought to me. Y'all go back in your minds, and I couldn't do this in the average church. Go back in your minds to Job chapter 1. Godly man, Job, loves God, he hates evil. And uh, figure it out. One day, when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord. Boy, it's quiet. I need one amen. Satan showed up. And, and that began the contest. over The sons of God gathered around our heavenly Father. In all likelihood, they are angels of some sort. The sons of God. Yet I'm wondering if when he says, and the great congregation, Paul says this. He says there are an innumerable, listen to that word, there are an innumerable company of angels. In Revelation chapter 5, when those four living creatures get to praising God and the 24 elders get to praising God, there's another crowd that joins in. Angels, angels. 10,000 times 10,000. The Greek is myriads of myriads. There is no higher number in the Greek line. You can't count them and they cut loose. 
praising him, glorifying him, magnifying him. And, and I think Jesus is saying that, oh my, when all them angels get carried away and the seraphim and the cherubim and the innumerable crowd and all the saints of all the ages, I'll not be quiet. I'm gonna get in in the middle of it, hallelujah. I'm right proud of him myself. Oh, he didn't go home. Poor me. He, in that suffering part, Psalm 22, those 21 verses, show me one iota of regret. Show me one ounce of hesitancy. I shall not go through. He took on the devil. Death, hell, the grave, preacher said, the bulls the dogs, the lions, the unicorns, and thank God, thank God, can I use a country where he whooped them. Hallelujah. Amen. Whooped them. And he's going to praise in the great congregation. i got to show you something. It's Colossians 2.15. Here's Jesus dying on the cross and around him are the principalities and the powers, demons, wickedness, ungodliness. When you get, if you go to Colossians 2.15, see if I'm right. He spoiled the principalities and powers. Is that in that verse? He spoiled the principalities. This is what he did to the Buffalo unicorn. This is what he did to the lions. This is what he did to the dogs. This is what he did to the book. Spoil. I'm going to give you the word. Apo ek duo. Paul is good. At, if, if two words don't do it, he'll stick a third one in. He blends words. Apo ek duo. What does it mean? Duo. I'll show you. That's why I moved the microphone. Duo in Greek means to put something on. Go to Jerusalem, Jesus said to his son, tarry there till you be endued. Endued. Till you, put, till you be endued with power from till you're endued with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost then dwells us. I need to know, but I'm supposed to be wearing the Holy Ghost. Amen. But our word is not endue, oh, it's apo ek. Duo. This is what Jesus did to the devil. This is what Jesus did to the demons of hell that day on Calvary. In duo, that's this way. Ek duo, he got a hold of them. He wouldn't let go of them. He didn't back down from them. And he stripped them. He stripped them of their armor. He stripped them of their power. Y'all aren't getting it at all. He knocked their socks off. Yes. Boom! Amen. He spoiled principalities and powers. When they all get to praising God, he just can't help it. He's going to get in on it. Hallelujah. The next line, I shouldn't be here. He made a show of them openly. Is that in Colossians? He made a show of them openly. Oh boy. 
to make a show. It is a Greek verb that means to put on public display. To put on public display. The Lord knocked the devil's socks off, (laughs) grabbed him and shook him real good. I believe my Bible says on Calvary, he destroyed the works of the devil. And like an angler that just brought in a 14-pound largemouth, or like a deer hunter that just killed a 10-pointer, Jesus lifts up the devil and says, Father, made a show of him openly. Father, I got him. I got him. I caught him. I killed him. He's a big one, but you help me. Glory to God. That's what Jesus did on Calvary. Amen. Can I make an announcement? That's shouting ground right there. Amen. Amen. Call it what you will. I'm having fun. (laughs) Bragging on our Savior, and you are too. Oh, I will pay my vows. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. Now that's not an easy verse to consider. This is Jesus. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. And I'm figuring that's us, them that fear him. I will pay my vows. I'm going to say something and see if I get it. Jesus don't owe nobody nothing. He is not in debt, period. He's God the Son. I will pay my vows. I cannot find anywhere in the Bible, if y'all can, please tell me, where a vow is required by God. Every vow in Scripture is volunteer. God the Father did not make Jesus go to the cross. Jesus went to the cross, I'm going to need a name, willingly, joyfully. I will pay my vows. Something Jesus has said he'll do, he said, I am flat going to do it. I wonder what those vows are. And there's no right or wrong, I guess, to this. But I've got some. My daddy used to call them sneaking suspicions. I believe the first thing Jesus did, he took his precious blood and he made a trip to glory. Do y'all believe that? I preached that one night, nine months, a year ago, and a preacher came up to me after the service. He said, I have never heard that in all my life and in all my ministry. That is a crying shame. Jesus is my great high priest. The blood of Jesus didn't go in the ground and rot or decay. I'll tell you that. It's eternal blood. Hebrews 9, 12. I believe he took his blood just like the high priest would do on the day of atonement. He took that He went into the temple in glory. He sprinkled that blood on the mercy seat. That blood's there right now. We're going to see that blood someday. I believe it hadn't lost its power yet, Ellie. (laughs) I'll pay my vows. Preacher, he did it. He did it. There's a little verse in Hebrews. It says we're going to heaven by a 
fresh, by, by a new and living way through the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way through the blood of Jesus. That new and living means freshly slaughtered. That's what it means. I looked it up. Freshly slaughtered. When we get to heaven, we can come boldly before the throne of grace right now, but I'm, when we get to heaven, literally, when we get to heaven and literally see it, that blood's not going to look 2,000 years old. It's not going to be dried up and flaky or something. Freshly slaughtered. Still going to be glistening. Still going to be shining. Still going to be saving sinners if there ain't any down here. I'll pay my vows. Something else. Uh, the Lord on Calvary. There's a whole crowd of Christians in a place called paradise. I believe it's in the heart of the earth. Abraham's still there. Noah's still there. Adam's down there. And Jesus has made a promise. He's made a vow. He said, I'm going to lead captivity captive. I'm going down there and I'm going to empty the place. Can you imagine Abraham gets Sarah? We're fixing to go. Hey, uh, get Mrs. Noah. We're heading out of here. Where are you going? I'm leading captivity captive. Y'all won't have to stay down here anymore. We're going to glory. I'm alive. I'm resurrected. Let's make the trip. Hallelujah. He's paying his vow. How about this one? I think it's about, I will build my church. I will build my church. I'm going to make an announcement. Uh, the, those uh, infidels, they can say the church is dead. They can say that it's swimming away. But he's going to build it. He's going to build it. He'll build it. It will be a church triumphant. Hallelujah. Mm. I, I, I can't go on enough about this one. I'm in my father's house and a bunch of mansions that weren't so I'd have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place I will come again. Anybody rushing he's going to complete that but I will come again. Hallelujah. I will perform my vows and a lot more beside that. I'm quite sure. Look at the last verse if you will please. The meek, the meek. You ever think about how much Jesus admired the meek? First sermon. Blessed are the poor in spirit. But there's just the king, poor in spirit. That's meek. Blessed are they that mourn. Not laugh. Not entertain. Blessed are they that mourn. It's meekness. They'll be comforted. Then he just comes right out and says it. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. Say I'm a meek. Oh, how he loves the meek. But here's the beautiful thing with the Lord and with the heavenly Father. The lower you can get, the higher he'll raise you. Oh my. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. It'll take me before minutes. I want to talk about that. Here we are. 
You got to keep in mind, Jesus is still on the cross. For the joy that was set before him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. We sure can't be sacrilegious here, but it sounds like the Lord says there's something to eat at Calvary. There's a whole meal waiting for you. I'll tell you what, I've been saved a long time now, and I have yet to not be fed and nourished at the cross of Calvary. Feeds me incessant. The meat shall eat and be satisfied. Uh, I'm reading a book called The Blue Zone. There are certain zones of earth where people are living to be 100, 105, and longer. And, and this sociologist, scientist, he's gone and studied those people. And little secrets he gives. And uh, here's one of them. A whole culture. Long living people. They say we never eat till we're full. We get about 30% full we push back we quit eating now I'm just going to give you an opinion here sounds rather stupid to me <laughs> but that's what they do and they're living to be 100 105 we don't know we've n- I've never been full in all my life the meek shall eat and be satisfied I don't know how you I'm sort of a buffet kind of guy. So, diet book the other day, and it said, go to the expensive restaurants, said the servings are smaller, and you'll eat less. And I thought, that's a pretty dumb idea too right there. I go to McDonald's and eat a half a hamburger. I don't have to go no expensive. All these ideas. Um, the meat shall eat and eat, and eat. I don't know what y'all going to think about that. I like them places where you can go back again. <laughs> I don't say, hey, can I have another order of fries? Can I have another baked potato? Can I have another? I like buffets. I like it where you can get in line, get filled up. Y'all see some of these little skinny girls. They're not appreciating what I'm saying at all. Some of you men, hallelujah, amen. I like to, I'm telling you the cross of Calvary, it's not dietary. It's not L-I-T-E light. It's a, it's a buffet. More than you can handle. Eat, eat, eat and be satisfied, hallelujah. Meat shall eat and be Satisfied. Have I got time to? When you make a vow in the Old Testament days and you keep the vow, then you have a meal. Then you have a fellowship meal of a godly religious nature. Jesus has made a vow. Kept his vow, keeping his vows, never will fail to keep his vows. And now he's going to have a, a meal. It'll take three or four minutes. That meal is called a peace offering. There are five offerings 
in early Leviticus, burnt offering, meat offering, peace offering, the one I'm going to discuss, trespass offering, and sin offering, the peace offering. See, only one like it. Get it now. In this country, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. We're looking at Calvary. In the peace offering only, the old sinner, the Jew, he didn't tithe, or his ox got out and did something. He brings his lamb, lays his head on his lamb in God's eyes, transferring the sin from him to the innocent animal. The lamb didn't sin. The lamb's innocent, but the transfer, the lamb will be killed. Throat will be slit. Blood will flow. Peace offering. God Almighty from the battlements of heaven looks down, says, I think I'll have me some of that food. That altar sometimes called the food of Almighty God. God said, give me the fat. You cut out all the fat, lay it on that altar and burn it to me. And that fat burns and the aroma goes up. And God the Father, it's an anthropomorphism. He was pictured as God is having supper that night off that lamb. Then the, only the peace song says this. says the priest ought to get something. We're going to cut out some of this meat. See, it's all left but the fat. We're going to cut out some of this meat for the priest. The priest can get the shoulder or the breast. The shoulder or the breast. Y'all want strength and love. Strength and love. And the priest. So now, oh, oh, by the way, let me tell you who the priest is. Oh, it could be sons of Levi. It would have been a long time. But the real priest now, anybody want to take a guess? The real priest now, the real high priest now is none other than not Lord Jesus Christ. Watch. We've got God the Father having supper. We've got God the Son having supper. And then God looks at me, the sinner. God looks at me, the one who committed the atrocity. And says, the blood's been shed. Now somebody say to me, would you like to have supper with us? Peace offering. And I get to sit down. I get to sit down in the environments of the tabernacle. God the Father's eating. God the Son's eating. And they invite me to their house. And I get to have supper with God the Father. Hey, hey, that's really eating right there. That's the peace offering. Aren't you glad we got peace with God? Aren't you glad we said, Oh, preacher, you're stretching that. You believe we can fellowship with God the Father and God the Son? Hey, I believe that's what we've been doing this week. God the Father showed up. We blacked on His Son. God the Son showed up. Two or three gathered together. Hey, let's eat. Let's enjoy it. Hallelujah. Eating around the foot of the old rugged cross. And then I, is that it or is there just a little more? They shall praise the Lord that seek Him. Let me preach this out. It'll It'll only take a few minutes. They shall praise the Lord that seek Him. Anybody ever play hide and seek with your kids or your grandkids? Oh, they love to do that. They can hide in some of the silliest places. I remember, I have a younger sister. 
First time we ever played hide and seek, this is how she hid. <laughs> Little dummy thought she could do that and she'd be his. I found her. <laughs> they that seek the Lord. I don't know how to put this and I have to be careful. Sometimes the seeking can be as much fun as the finding. That's not going over real like I want it to. Sometimes the seeking, oh preacher, right now in the book of Revelation in our video studies, we got up this morning. I'd done the vocabulary late last night. 144,000. It's our next lesson. I didn't know enough about them. I wanted to learn some more. And today, today, I've been able to seek Bible information on those 144,000. It has been fun. It has been exciting. I felt like the Holy Ghost and I have been up some trails together. I've walked with John Walvert. I've walked with John, uh, Dr. John Morris. I've walked with, with great scholars. Of the, I've walked with Harry Ironside. Oh, that's, that, man, that's big business. And, uh, I have, uh, and uh, now tomorrow I'll get to preach it. Tomorrow I'll get to record. If the wind will ever die down, I'm going to that oldest Baptist church in Georgia you told me about, and I'm going to set my camera up, and I'm going to preach up there. I'm going to try to record it. The finding will be great. I love it when that thing's delivered. But my, my, the seeking hadn't been bad. It has been enjoyable. If my wife were here, she's not able to be here tonight, uh, I, I would say, I found her. I got her. God gave her to me. But my, 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 you'll never know what fun seeking was. <laughs> oh boy, I enjoyed pursuing her. I enjoyed taking her out. I enjoyed dating her. Are y'all with me? Seek him, seek him. You say, I know him. You don't know him good enough. You don't know him well enough. We ought to be God hungry tonight. We ought to be Jesus craving tonight. Seek him. Seek him and you'll find. Seek him. You shall find. Seek him and he'll give you blessings and joy unspeakable. Amen. I want to be a seeker for our Lord. They that, they that, they'll praise the Lord. Let's see, and then the end, and I'm through. Your heart shall live forever. Your heart shall live forever. And we all know if the rapture doesn't come, we'll die physically. But that doesn't mean that, well, I get a name, that don't mean my heart can't live forever. I've been saved. I got a new heart, folks. I got eternal life. One day I ate the bread of life. I drank the blood of Jesus by faith. He made me a born again child of God. I'm eternal. Hey, let me, I'm hell proof tonight. I can't go to hell. I can't spend a minute in hell. My heart's gonna live forever. Hallelujah. This is what the scholars say. They say that after a vow has been made, and completed and the meal has been eaten 
oh, this is terrible. I wish there's a better word. Now, I know y'all don't know what it is. And honestly, I've never done it. But have you ever heard of a toast? Oh, Lord. You sanctified folks. You, you got me there. I don't know what you're talking about. You've had something to drink. Diet Pepsi, no doubt. Preacher, I'm losing them in a hurry. And then the host, the MC, the praise leader, the song leader, it's Jesus. He says, can I make a blessing? Can I give a toast? Can I pronounce a benediction on you? You've been to Calvary. You've been washed in the blood. You've followed me all the way. We've seen the sufferings. Now a little bit of Here it is. Your heart shall live forever. That sure beats toasting the New York Yankees. That sure beats toasting some political party. That's it. Your heart shall live forever. Glory to God. I celebrate him. I praise him. I magnify him. He saved me. He gave me eternal life. And I am alive forevermore. Hallelujah. Mm. Can I say it one more time? What a Savior. Let's stand. What a Savior we have. Sister Brittany will play for us. Nobody looking, nobody staring. I don't think it'd matter if we were, but just for privacy. If you're here tonight and the Holy Ghost has shown you you're not saved, you ought to come. You ought to get on your knees and ask the Lord, beg the Lord, trust the Lord to wash your sin away. He will. If you'll come to Him, He'll not cast you out. I wonder who's here tonight. You'll say, Lord, I'm not only thankful you suffered for me, but I'm thankful the celebration's on the way. Lord, I praise you that, <laughs> I, I praise you we're going to get to join glorifying you around the throne. Somebody come love him a little bit. Somebody come worship him.